0: all mean well, but there are times when I say something and I kind of uh, mess up and then I make it worse by saying more to explain myself. And there's the old saying, if you have to explain it, you've already messed up. So uh, what do you do when you start to feel like a failure and try to fix things, but the, the fix is even making it worse. And now it's a really big deal. Ah. Oh. Actually, what I'm struggling with in those moments is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And there is an answer to that. Uh, we're going to hear about it today. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting team. And Danny, um, a lot of parents are, are just expecting that they have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. They, they may not even realize it. What, what's going on? Why is that driving us? And there, there are many different reasons why a
1: parent is trying to be perfect. One is you're trying to, to, to be the best for your kids, right? You're, you're wanting the best for them or better than what you got. Mm-hmm. And then there's some others that are doing it out of performance. They want to look good. They want to be better than anyone else. There's this competition of being the, the most amazing parent and
0: that we see social media uh, highlighting that. I was just thinking about and, that, yeah. In
1: church, you see it as well. You see Ooh. the
0: comparisons. Can and, I tell you one time, I had somebody say to a friend... Uh, this person didn't really know us, but they said, "Why? Why can't my kids be like the Fuller's kids?" And my friend just said, "Do you even know the Fuller kids? Because they're not—they're not all that great
1: sometimes." Oh, and that brings something super important out—that we assume perfection in other families, and so now we need to step up our game to compare, yeah. to kind of match up to that. And there are these unrealistic expectations that we inflict into our own family, and then there's this a quick self-criticism. And I've I've seen a number of parents come into the counseling office that are struggling, either saying I'm not good enough as a parent or I've messed my kids up, uh, or they're, they're demanding to their kids. And I ask them why, why do you have all these rules? What are they there for? And sometimes they can't answer that. They just want to be perfect Uh, as a parent. And, uh, really where we need to look at is how loving are we? And that that's hard because you have high levels of warm sensitivity and then you're guiding along the way and it's imperfect because love needs to be a part of your every single day and that includes grace.
0: Mm. Now, to go back to what I was just, I appreciate that. And to, to go back to what I was saying, um, my kids are great kids, they really are, uh, but they're not perfect. And I certainly have not ever been close to perfect as a mom or a dad. Um, Let's go ahead and hear from Dr. Randy Schrader, who spoke with Focus President Jim Daly about perfectionism
2: and why that can be so unhealthy. As a counselor, you see parents who have fallen into that perfection trap. I think it's really important. I don't want to genderfy this thing, but women, I think, moms particularly, fall into that perfection orientation. I think dads have a high bar, Mm -hmm. you know, but we know we sometimes can't even live up to the bar we're setting for our kids. But moms have this perfection that if I'm not doing it well, then there's guilt associated with that. And speak to the perfection trap.
3: Well, and and perfectionism kind of goes back, and a lot of loving Christian parents are perfectionistic, and it also kind of ties into control. Uh, And perfectionistic parents uh, want their child to look good, in public, and and, and they, why is that?
2: Well, so they, it reflects on
3: us. it reflects on the parent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they and so that and often perfectionistic parents can be very critical of themselves, and they can be very critical of others, and they can be very critical of their child. And the sad thing is, with perfectionism, it's either A plus or it's F. And so a child with it's a so perfectionistic true. parent starts to feel uh, a child feels incompetent, inadequate. You know, even if they're a B child, you know, because they're not that A plus. And so it's essential that parents uh, not have perfectionistic expectations for their child. Expectations are good, but perfectionism is what leads often to anxiety, depression, eating disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorders and other uh, problems so uh, mm. yeah it's it's a trap but parents need to watch for that
2: and sometimes these things feel counterintuitive uh, you know you're setting these high standards because you want your children to reach them and to strive for them and especially in Christian homes uh, Speak to the idea that complimenting your child more than correcting them is critically important. It's kind of like that appreciation bucket right you got to fill that well with two, three, 10 times more compliments than taking out of the bucket because of being critical.
3: Yes, sir. And we we talked about that on another parenting interview that I had with you, that it takes anywhere from five to nine compliments to counter uh, one criticism, one correction. And unfortunately, parents often believe that their goal is to be a fault finder. You know, what I need to do is correct my child's behavior. You know, I need to criticize this when they don't do this Going back to that perfectly, perfectly, okay? Mm. And and what makes a difference uh, in a child's life is parents that continually compliment their children. And parents need to wake up every morning, I believe, and say, I'm going to be a good finder today. What good can I look for in my child that I can compliment? And then again, I think it's it's important not just to say, thank you for saying this, thank you for doing that. That word appreciate builds self-worth. Praise is absolutely powerful. Praise creates energy within a child, and parents need to praise their kids with that appreciate and with a ton of compliments are for their child and be good finders.
2: Mm-hmm. I've kind of pointed out the mom side. Let me give this one to the dads, because I think dads can have a uh, you know an abundance of this uh, lack of praise. Mm-hmm. And children so much yearn for their father's Uh, attention affection and affirmation so in that context uh, you know if I've blown it I'm waking up to this right now I'm hearing it and maybe it's registering for the first time for that parent Mm -hmm. that uh, kind of the perfectionism the lack of affirmation the being critical Mm -hmm. if I don't do this Randy come on if, yeah. I, if I'm not critical of my child, they're going to grow up to be an axe murderer,
3: uh-huh. you
2: know? So if you've fumbled this up until this point, regardless of the age of your children, what can you do as a parent to kind of regain some control?
3: And I think that's a terrific question, Jim. And, and one of the things the three of us and your listeners need to keep in mind is through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are completely forever forgiven. And so I would encourage parents if you're, as you listen to this new knowledge, these specific ideas that can make a difference in your parenting, uh, I suggest that you strive to improve your parenting 1% per week. Now, I realize that's only 50% at the end of the year, but that can make a huge difference in the life of your child. The other thing I would encourage you to keep in mind is not get discouraged when you start using these new words and behaviors. And I always say one month for each year of life. In in terms of seeing a child start to become more confident, more capable, a better decision maker. So if a child is five years old, again, you as a parent are improving 1% per week. What you're hoping is five months from now, one month for each year of life, your child will be a better decision maker and be more obedient. Uh, Certainly, that may be a little discouraging if you've got a 15-year-old, but still, don't give up and continue to use these skills, words, and knowledge to make a di- positive difference in the life of your child.
0: Okay, Danny, uh, following up on what Randy Schrader was saying, why do small changes over time uh, make a big difference in the way we parent? Yeah, I love what Randy said, and
1: it's so important uh, to be thinking about these, these small little wins that lead to the big win. And usually that's how it needs to be. Those, just, I mean, look at a football game. You have small little plays mm-hmm. that add up to a victory, a big, big victory of, of, of the whole entire game. And then if you win that game, then you win more games, and it creates momentum. And then you win the Super Bowl. You just don't win the Super Bowl. You don't just become a. It doesn't champion. happen because yeah. yeah. So you have these little things that establish trust, establish momentum, establish relationship, establish the foundations to that big win of having a relationship with your kids where you have influence. You don't have control. You have influence over their lives. And and in that influence, there's there's this trust and this love and this grace and this forgiveness conversation and a shaping and a transformation for both of you, not just your child. And you need to realize that. And so these little small changes over time and, and small changes in you and what you do, shows the importance of that in your children's lives. And when they make little changes, celebrate those because then it leads to big changes down the road. It's exciting to watch as we uh, change habits, as we grow together as a family. And that's how God intended
0: it. I appreciate that perspective. Boy, you have, I I quote you so much. I've told you this before, but you say so many different things as we're chatting here. There, There are money quotes all the time. I hope you're listening to Danny and taking notes. If not look at our show notes and you'll see some resources and you'll find links to all sorts of great helps. Uh, Certainly, Dr. Randy Schrader's got a terrific book that we're making available to you today. Um, We'd encourage you to make a donation to Focus on the Family. Let me just say that first. Uh, We are a listener-supported ministry, and we need your financial support to keep making podcasts like this and to offer such a wealth of resources to help parents um, make a one-time gift, or if you're in a spot to do so, uh, make a monthly pledge. Sign up to be a sustainer to focus on the family. My wife and I do that. Our own president, Jim Daly, and his wife do that. Um, I'll encourage you to do, do that. that. Do you? Oh, yeah, nice, Danny. You there and you
3: go, do that? Yeah. yeah. Join the team. <laughs>
0: That's right. It's easy. Uh, give a monthly gift to focus. Uh, if you're not in that spot, make a one-time gift of any amount we'll send Dr. Randy Schrader's book to you. And then we have a free online parenting assessment. It's terrific. It covers seven traits of effective parenting. It's going to help you kind of step up your game as a mom or a dad, and it'll help you gauge how you're doing well and maybe an area or two that you can grow in. Uh, that parenting assessment is totally free. takes maybe 10 minutes of your time. Uh, fill it out today. The link is in the show notes. And then finally, Danny, um, we've got to talk about Practice Makes Parent. Mm. It's our new podcast. You and Rebecca St. James are doing a great job on we this. We love it. Yeah, we're having w- fun. What's the funnest part about it for you, besides not working with We me. get to
1: talk about parenting and yeah. from a biblical worldview, and we get to tell stories and uh, bring in uh, our families into the mix, right, as far as just talking about the beauty, the amazing invitation of mm-hmm. parenting, and we're having some amazing guests join us. Yeah and we just want to give practical tips and come alongside parents along yeah. the way.
0: So listen in to Practice Makes Parent. It's a new focus podcast featuring Danny and uh, Rebecca St. James. It's terrific, and uh, we'll link over to that as well. Well, next time, Roland Warren shares how he learned to forgive his absent father. You know, there's a whole world of hurt when dad walks out, and Roland has been able to turn that hurt into ministry, into helping others. You'll hear his heart next time. Uh, For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.